You're listening to Kraken Fancast. The podcast for Seattle Kraken fans. By Seattle Kraken fans. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Kraken Fancast. I'm your host, Chris Porter. I'm here with my colleague, Jim Cockrell, and we're going to be talking some Seattle Kraken hockey talk in just a moment. But before we start, I want to say big thanks to our sponsor, the Angry Beaver, Seattle's number one themed hockey themed bar that is uh themed themed to hockey and canada i suppose too you can get a good batch of poutine up there of course so it's seattle's number one hockey themed bar as far as i'm concerned as far as we're concerned and that's located in the greenwood neighborhood of seattle remember if you're not going to the cracking game catch the game at the angry beaver all right since our last episode we've got uh, three games to look at um we were recording this right after a not so great game against the chicago blackhawks which we'll talk about in a moment um this three game stint started on quite a high note quite an unusual high note my god uh it started on november 22nd seattle kraken taking on the very lowly san jose sharks team a san jose sharks team that most of this year with occasional exception uh but most of this year has looked like you know an ahl team it's just it's just been really bad uh but you never know and i gotta say you know sometimes uh kraken end up playing a a, a team that's struggling and it ends up being a, a very tight game uh that was not the case in this one. Oh man this was fun Jim and I were both at this game. It was like we were standing up, and I, I got I got some uh, I got some workout on my legs standing up and cheering. Kraken win seven to one. Yes, I'm sure those of you who are following the Kraken, you saw that game or at least saw the score. But I'm going to repeat it again: seven to one. Our 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 cup runneth over that night. I mean, Brandon Tanev, Oliver Bjorkstrand, Adam Larson, and Yanni Gord. Four goals in that first period. Uh, we get a little extra from Jared McCann. His, that was his ninth goal in the second period. Oh, and it didn't stop there. Ellie Tolvanen, two in a period. Uh, if it weren't for uh, Hoffman from uh, from the, uh, the Mike Hoffman from the Sharks, they, they Joey Decord would have had a seven nothing shutout. But you know Joey uh, looked fine, and boy, the offense looked great. I mean, Joey only had to stop, uh, you know, third. Stopped 13 out of 14 shots, so he didn't get tested a whole lot. But uh, it was such a lopsided game, uh, just just some 30, 30 to 14 shots. I mean, everything went right for the Kraken. Everything went wrong for the Sharks. They just look lost. Gee, Jim, I wish we could play games like that more often. Yes, it wasn't that fun. Uh, pardon my voice. Uh, it's been a rough recovery here, but I'm here. Uh, Chris said I sound like Knuckles Nylon. So I'm okay with that. Some 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 guy was just big, you know, gotten out of a lot of hockey fights. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, no, that was a beauty. And I gotta throw this in, uh, Chris, because you know it as well as I. So we were sitting there before the game thinking, all right, is this gonna be a big win for once, you know, uh something we deserve? Uh, or is it gonna be we don't show up because that could happen. I mean, it's happened with some of San Jose's games. Anyway. We started out predicting this final score sitting in the seats, and we both, I think I said six nothing, uh, and you kind of agreed. And by the way, uh, six goals is a floodgate goal game. Uh, so we were predicting our first floodgate goal game. Um, I changed it quickly, though. I, I said, no, no, you know, the odds of 
of knocking down a shutout. I'm going to make it 7-1. Seven, one. Seven, and one. so we both, seven, we both agree. I said 7-1, I think, you know, because he was 7-1. Yes. Yeah, 7-1. Yeah, yeah, we tweaked it a little bit. But sure enough. I remember who said what. But yes, we were both yeah. saying 7-1. Oh, we were on the same I'm page at Puck Drop totally. for sure. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, no, that was a killer game. And like you said, standing up and down. I, I The most times I've ever stood up and down in that building was last year when we beat LA Kings 9-8. to So that's kind of cool. Um, that was a just a little more a, relaxing, though, than that Kings game. Yeah, absolutely. No, that was a beauty. There's it's all green on this one. Um, the only thing that sucked was them getting that uh goal in the last 450 to blow the shutout. Um, but you know, guys got on the board as usual. Um, Tanev with that the opener to begin with on that breakaway, that was kind of nice on that Winnie, beautiful outlet from Winnie. Um, but I think we said then too, it's like, you know, for as many we kind of cut on uh Tanev, because there's many that guy gets so many chances on breakaways and he doesn't quite finish a lot of them. So it's so refreshing to see that one. Um very early. You know, was, yeah, it's it like a, what a minute 40 in or something. Yeah, yeah. minute 28. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, all the all the big names came through in that one, obviously. And then Larson got his first too, which was refreshing. It, he's been a little quiet for the goal production and defenseman, even, but still. Um Gord had a beauty with a beautiful no angle pass from uh Bor or Borgen, uh, it was just a cool game. And then there was that Tanev fight. Remember mm-hmm. on the, yeah. on the glass that was that was nasty. And we couldn't quite see it that well. We had to look at the the twins there to get a good look at it. But um, no, that was that was a beauty. He didn't he he didn't even hesitate. He went right after it. He was double uppercutting the whole. It was great. No, I love that game, man. So that felt good. You know, we walked once again. Walking out feels great, doesn't it? Walking out feels great in games like that. And, uh, you know, and again, it was a little more, you know, the Kraken have been playing a little better, a little better. They're, they're, they're in the mix. They're in, you know, in the one of the wild card positions and, uh, you know, barely, but they're, they're in that. And, you know, even though it's not, it's kind of like a 500 slightly better than 500, uh, season at that point, you know, they're showing some stuff and and that's, that's one game that, uh, that can, that can really get you going. Uh, although maybe uh, he scored too many goals that game and uh, the exact opposite happens in the next one because uh, then they uh, play the team from up the road, Vancouver Canucks, uh, another home game. So they had uh, three three home games in, in, in a row there, um, uh, Calgary, San Jose, and Vancouver. So this is the day after Thanksgiving. And uh, great you know, two and a half period game, give or take, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was tight. Uh, but, uh, you know, actually the, the Kraken were out shooting the Canucks, uh, 10 to eight in the first one, 12 to seven in the second one. And then they forgot how to do offense, I guess. in the third one, I don't know They they, you know, the Canucks were up 12 to two, uh, for the uh, shots in the third period and, uh, hard to win a game or keep a game going, uh, at that, uh, level. Um, Kraken lose five to one. Uh, they were down two to one at the end of the second period. Um, Teddy Bluger and uh, Joshua from uh, the Canucks got goals, but uh, Ty Cartier uh, near, near the end of the second period came up with a nice wrister and uh, like, all right, we're in business, we're in this. And then uh, it was uh, not floodgates. It was uh, you know the wagon wheels fell off. Uh, Lafferty, Hoglander, and uh, Mickey of uh, for the Canucks all come up with goals and uh, it just got lopsided on the other way for the crack. And so lo- losing to their, um, to their other division rival, the one, the rival that people are waiting for it to be a rivalry. And I got to say, I don't know if the players feel this way, 
but I know there there were quite a few, as as there often are, you know, Vancouver Canucks fans. Uh, but uh, in our seats, Jim, I was except for the right of us, um, in front, behind, and to the left of us were all Canucks fans, and I had to hear that "Go Canucks, Go" chant way too much in that game. Yeah, you know, I'm glad I was at home for that one. Actually, yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> I I never felt as good as. Uh, what you just said really in the game at home watching anyway, you know, that shorty out of the box for them set the tone. And then, you know, we answered back with that Beniers goal that got called back on offsides. Oh, right. And so, you know, and that was too bad because Maddie's starting to heat it up a little bit. And that was the start of it actually. Um, and then Ty, you know, he was a little dry there for a while too, because I commented on the, the week before and last couple of weeks and he finally got one. So that puts him at three for the season. This is also the this uh, center ice collision that was clean uh, that Tanev got hurt on. So uh, that's a big deal again, you know. And um, Tyler Myers then later in that game, later, in, you know, quite a bit later, uh, with the hit, the high hit, you know, he's 6'8", it's going to happen on Bjorkstrand, which was kind of a mystery. He looked It looked bad. In fact, we didn't know it was going to go on until tonight's game if he was even going to be in. Um, Schultz and Dumoulin had a really rough game on paper and it was showing under pressure all the time in that game. It was a little tough for them. Um, a couple things I saw, a lot of th things I saw, I didn't like in that game. I saw stuff that was uncharacteristic of us. I saw a lot of dump and chase for changing for no reason. I saw two or three times that happened. And I thought, what are you doing, man? This is in 1978. Um, you know, circle back throw it back to your D, get a change on the fly at neutral ice, and go. Why give up a possession in today's game like that, you know, when it's so hard to even break in the zone? And I thought, well, that you know, that's just uncharacteristic of this team, and it happened two or three times. I was a little pissy about that. It didn't have much flow uh, besides the box numbers were pretty even when you go look back at them, but it just didn't have flow. I know we were struggling on the transition game big time, and this is a game where – Haxel basically got out coached and fairly badly, actually. So, uh, you know, and Joey didn't, you know, was he 22, 27, 8, 15? You know, I, I know the whole defensive thing, whatever, but it wasn't his greatest effort either. But um, that was a bad, bad game for me to watch. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. And uh, so after feeling so good about the San Jose game, um, it, it was a bummer. And like I said, it's a bummer would have, uh, you have a lot more Vancouver fans in the, in the uh, barn than you'd see in, in a, the San Jose game. Oh so. yeah. I'd, I'd like to add on to that from the sitting on the couch at home, hearing it, that was definitely the loudest Vancouver fan base in our building since the start going back to year one. Cause they didn't travel very well first COVID year at all. Second one, they didn't even travel that well. Of course, we don't travel that well going up there yet. Um, but it was audible for sure. Well, is it a little bit of, uh, I'm wondering if two things. One, maybe, you know, it's a holiday. Some people are away. I, I know yeah. that was the case with some of the people around us and you're going to, they're going to sell their tickets and usually the opposing fans are going to pick that up. But, uh, I think also could it be as we have seen over many years a little uh, Vancouver Canuck fair weather fandom you know okay the last few two three four years they've been kind of they've been mediocre if not worse and this year all of a sudden you know they they have one of the best records and now you're seeing Canucks fans come out of the woodwork perhaps that that's one hundred percent what it is they are the ficklest fucking fans in the country um, 
sorry, I'm just going to say what's yeah. true. Um, I mean, this goes back to pre-2011, and I was at 2011 regular season game. And as you know, they were a good regular season club then, but they didn't know they were going to be in the Stanley Cup final. It was 200 bucks to sit in the upper bowl on the first two, first three rows. Chris, you remember this. Um, yeah, they're fickle as all. It can They can be bad one year and incredibly great the next, which is exactly what's going on right now. And that just that's the way they are. They totally like that. I had a friend uh, I haven't been in touch with in a long time. He, he moved to another part of BC, but uh, a friend of mine was a season ticket holder for the Canucks um, back in the, you know, early two thousands. And, um, actually he may, he may have still had a, his tickets in around 2011. I'm not sure, but anyway, he had them for a bunch of years and then they had a couple of lame, not awful, but at least a little lame game, uh, years. And he finally kind of gave, gave, gave up on them. And, you know, it could have been cost reasons or whatever, but I remember him saying, ah, they're not that good anymore. And I was like, well, what are you? I, I was like, what? You, I, you're not a, really a fan. You're just a fan when they're good. You know, I was right. like, ribbing them a little bit on it. But I, you know, I had that in the back of my mind. And then we, we had this conversation about Vancouver. And look, there are a lot of great, I don't mean to throw everybody on the bus, but sometimes stereotypes exist for a reason, folks. So if we hear yeah. stories because we're seeing it over and over again by more than, you know, a couple of people of just this uh, very whiny, I mean, <laughs> Okay, as as yeah, next, say it. It's okay. No, we're 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 Bru we're Bruins fans too. So, uh, you know, a, a lot of you know, we were hearing about it, you know, for years after that 2011 Stanley Cup, which was a clean, great. It was a great Stanley Cup final. Uh, if you're just a you know an NHL fan wanting to see good games, but they, um, but I just remember hearing people, well, that was our cup. We were supposed to win the cup, and just this whininess. And I'm like, go look at the scoreboard. You didn't win, and what your yeah. team won now, you know, and and uh, you know they were they won the president's trophy that year, if I remember correctly, and they were one of the few president's trophy winners in over the last I don't know fifteen years that did did make the finals, but um, and they were a great team, you know, Roberto Longo, future uh, you know uh, Hall of Fame goalie, and a lot of guys there, but uh, you know they they were a team, uh, you know, I remember watching them. And I don't know if this is the coaching or just the players you happen to have, but I just remember like watching them play San Jose, as a matter of fact, it was when yep. we talked about that. Um, and uh, they play, they're playing them in the playoffs. And I sometimes, you know, you just I watch other teams playing the playoffs because it's just so great. It's just like it's like our, you know, March Madness, right, Jim? And just love watching the games. But I'm like, I don't have a dog in the fight. Yeah, so I just want to see the good game. But sometimes in any sport, you start watching the game and just how one team's playing. I start naturally seeing finding myself rooting for this other team because I don't like the way this other team's play. So I became like a Sharks fan <laughs> during that during that series. I remember because I I mean for the over the series, not lifetime, but you know. And I was just it was just that team. I just didn't care. There was I had a guy with a Kessler shirt right in my face, and I know he was a great player and all that stuff. But that just reminded I just it triggers so like right. like Marshan triggers Canucks fans, right? Oh, beyond you know. So or you know whoever, or you know maybe maybe Gord starting to trigger some others. I don't know, but you know every team's got those guys who will you know get under people's skin, and you know that's part of the game. But anyway, I just had just all these flashbacks because of how some smarmy some of the fans were around us. So uh, anyway, that's just you know, my you know. No, it's great. It's true. There's yeah. no getting around it, man. I've, I've I've traveled to that city for hockey from, you know, with my dad when I was young. But then when I was old enough, 
you know, from like 1978 on, I, I pretty much didn't miss at least one game a season, you know, my own Bruins and or other clubs that I happen to get hookups on or whatever. And it's been like that for years, up and down. It's just like so, so fickle. It's crazy. Yeah. So interestingly, uh, though, their next game, uh, the Canucks uh, lost to San Jose. So that's how wacky this NHL uh, season or, or game is, you know, on any given day. A poor team can play a can play well and maybe beat a, a great team. It, it, it happens uh, more more than you'd think, folks. So um, there you go. Um, okay, hey, one more game to talk about. So we, uh, you know, we're recording this right after it. Uh, so those are all home games. So uh, the Seattle Kraken started a long road trip, starting it in Chicago against Connor Bedard and Peter Mrazek and a bunch of uh guys ryan donato our old pal there on that team uh nick felino among others uh the chicago blackhawks i'm speaking of and um uh, i mean it was close close in score uh close in well yeah actually it wasn't close in shots uh the seattle kraken this is this harkens back to the year one uh they really outshot the chicago blackhawks in this one 36 to 23 yet they lost in regulation, four to three. Sometimes I've, I've been saying a lot. They one of the their team, but they have to have one of the most ties uh, in the league right now. But this wasn't tie. They were they had two man advantage at one point. Uh, extra, you know, skater at the end there with the goalie pulled, and they just couldn't buy a goal to tie it up and lose four to three. Uh, who got the goals? So, so uh, Matty Beniers fourth goal. Uh, Winberg with his third goal and uh, Ty Cartier uh, with a nice one, nice uh, snapper uh, a few minutes into the third period, which gave us some hope because there was a lot of time left there. But uh, uh, the rest of the, you know, the other 15 minutes or so, uh, they they couldn't get anything going, Jim. Yep. That was uh, tough. I got a lot of red marks here. Um, <laughs> I do. You know, so you, like you said, going into a, a four game roadie, I looked at those teams on paper and we all do it. We all go, okay, that's winnable. That's winnable. And it's tough. You know, that type of thing. This was the most winnable game on paper going in hands down. Uh, so you, you want to feel good about that. We know we're technically a roadie team. If you look at our past history. So that's two pluses uh, started out fairly even play uh, back and forth. And then Chicago got one. And then Chicago got number two. But at that point, we were starting to run around a bit, uh, starting to get out of position and doing some running. Um, and then finally, like you said, Maddie, is that number four or number five for him? I thought it was number, number four, five. according to. OK, here, the, OK, uh, the, it was a nice rebound off. of He was going in the zone and well, actually, McCann was going in the zone on the left wing and got in and did a little back pass off the boards. Maddie picks it up. Maddie shoots about the dot. Maddie gets his own rebound. It was kind of nice sequence there. Um, and then Wenny with that beautiful shorthander, only our second shorthander of the year, and that's his number two. That was number three for him. Yeah. Okay. Lot, lot, um, lot on the assist on that. Anyway, that was a nice. It's so funny because as he was doing the play, he had great puck possession, curling around, and I thought, like everybody else does, because we know his mo. Although it's changed ever since the coaches uh, festival or bitch festival at the, uh, at the at the rink at practice, you know about shoot shoot shoot. I was all ready to say, there he goes, missing the perfect opportunity. But he got a nice move around the corner, no angle shot, 
goal. And most importantly, one of our favorite type of goals, Chris, a late period killer. 50 yes. seconds or so left or something like that. For shorties. Yeah, and Grew got an assist on it too. So everybody was all spanky about that. Um, and then, you know, so we go to we go into the second, two to two, feeling pretty good after especially going down, you know, fairly early in that one. And, you know, right, right away, Chicago comes back on a really nice wrister from Johnson, the other Spokane, the wrong Spokane kid, actually. <laughs> anyway, um, you know, a lot of people are, you know, we had some soft defense, some soft gap on that. And uh, Gru didn't quite play that one quite that well. Um, and then they got their, we got lazy again, same, just like in the first period, got lazy again, and then they capitalized. So they were up four to two. Um, and there was a, a time, uh, a good chance for the Kraken, about five minutes left in the third, where they were just having a frenzy of shots on Mazar. Uh, and it just went south. He must have made five incredible stops with bodies flailing all over the place. That was a really good chance to get back in this thing. It didn't happen. Um, there was, at the end of that period, that nice team response, uh, you know, on the tap on Grubauer and then everybody behind the net, the whole team, everybody on the ice got involved. That's something we have not seen all year. They've been hearing the fan base talk about it. This team is lacking toughness. Um, that was refreshing to see. And also, Mr. Haxtell was just, you know, adam it, it just adamant over on the bench about it and having a fit, which was good because you never see him like that. Needs more about uh, totally animated. Um, and he looked he was pissed off a little too late, though, you could tell. Um, and then there was he had to do a lot of line tampering and things going on because he had Schwartz go down the tunnel too. So we there's another mystery injury, correct? It looked like his wrist at first, but then they said lower body. Who knows? I didn't notice anything while I was out there. He just all of a sudden. No, exactly. It was kind of over by the bench, if I recall. Um, so I think, uh, Andrew, I, I should mention this was oh, Andrew Rolski's uh, first uh, real game with the crack. You know, I, I don't have the data in front of me on on minutes on time on ice minutes. You have it right there, but uh, I do know oh, he was. I do know he was getting some chance there in the late late minutes, uh, which kind of surprised me when they were loading up. When they had the power play for yeah, up to five on three, right. what um, is his total? Uh, Seven forty-four. All right, well that's pretty standard for fourth line type situation. But they had him out late, so Hax was trying anything because of his line combos just being depleted with what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, nice to see him get a chance. No, I, I know he was up for the last call and didn't get a chance, but that happens too. For once, they bounced up the twenty-three man roster instead of twenty-two. That's another reason why they brought. Uh, studs up you know and he but he did not he did not suit so um and then Karche got that nice quick wrister like you said but that's it's just chicago clamped down late and they knew how to play well they played really well i felt Brantley like made some really nice stops even though you know we outshot 36 23 and chicago there's no really worthy categories to report here other than that and chicago's black sh block shots at 22 which means we were throwing the puck at the net heavily. Um, but it was just a struggle, and, and they were keeping us to the outside, and they were buckling down in that last eight minutes for sure. Um, it was very uh, – I think it was halfway through the game. I, I, I posted out there on Twitter, or X, I said, you know, does anybody feel good about this? Because that's where I felt. It was just like 
you know, another one of those, they're just not in it no matter what the score is type of deal. But there you go. So you drop that one. Now you go to what, Toronto next? Yeah, so they've got uh, if the more road games, Toronto, uh, Ottawa, and Montreal. Um, excuse me, where's my other little notes here? Yeah, uh, I'll come in on the road before they make it back uh, home. I think for the New Jersey game, I think is the first one. Yeah. Uh, looking over at the standings, uh, so we're recording this shortly before the Toronto game. Uh, if we get this up around that time, um, uh, they are fifth in the. Pacific, uh, but barely. I mean, it's you know, and they're also out of the uh, one of the wild card spots, but only by a, a point. I mean, God, if they had won the Chicago game, that would have that would have gone a long yeah. way. It's, just, it's all jumbled up though, right now. Too. No, but Louis, but, Nashville, Arizona, Calgary, Seattle, Kraken. Granted, a couple of those teams have a game in hand, but uh, now now the Kraken are you know. It's it's a little close. They were playing way more games than a lot of people for a lot of other teams for a while. Now it's it's a little more even, but and, all yeah. twenty and Anaheim, you know Anaheim's like been on a long slide. Is I'm not surprised they've lost six in a row. But you know Kraken lost two in a row. You've got you know the Preds on a roll, six games in a row, winning winning in a row, and uh, you know and the others are just you know just like the Kraken win one, lose one. I don't you know, but yeah, you know, but you got you know you got five teams within three points and, yep. and that's what sucks is you got to right. win you have to win those weak matchups you have to you're done you have to because you know the the top three in each uh division so we're looking at you know vegas la and the canucks in the pacific they're quite a few games out. they're they're like, gone they're, they're like gone between, between Canucks, it's like it's like a big drop between them and the other team yeah. so you're right. Five teams, the six, maybe, well, no, actually, Anaheim's at 18, so they're really fading a lot. Uh, and hey, here come the Edmonton Oilers, too, I got to say, w- winning three games in a row. They're uh, not looking quite as hapless as they were. So, you know, um, a, lot, Calgary, a lot of hockey left, and the Kraken aren't giving us a ton of uh, confidence. And Calgary's starting to juice it. I've been watching some of their games. They're yeah. starting to do it. So, I mean, this is what I hate right here. Because it's early, yes, but this is when you got to do it, man. You can't be dicking around with these five teams and three points. Yeah, yeah. You know, because of the, of the of the four games on this roadie, you just blew your easiest battle. The next easiest is the last game against Montreal, and they're a 500 club, right? Pretty much. They're eight, nine, and something. Um, well, Ottawa's doing poorly. You could yeah. Ottawa could be a winner. Well, let's okay. Yeah, you're right. What am I talking about? Yeah, Ottawa, so, well, I mean, neither Ottawa or Montreal are doing well. Well, they're about this. Yeah, I mean, it's all the it's same. Like We're all the same. Point, you know? Yeah, but it's uh, so there's some potential winnable ones here. I mean, they're uh, you know after this Chicago game, they're four four and two. So I mean, they're this 500 club, you know, and uh, yeah. that's fine. That's not going to put you in last place, but it's not going to get your playoff spot. Uh, so I, I'm with you on that, Jim. I, they got to right. start. Um, stepping up into another level, it feels soon. You know they're uh, well, they're what, plus minus. They're at a minus seventeen, even with that seven to one game. In let the- me ask you this, Chris. I was chatting with some people online. What happens if you go zero and four on this trip? Well, what do you mean? Right? Seriously. Well, what happens? There could be some big changes. Hi, Mister Lowry. How are you doing? You know. 
we just, you know, that because we just had the NHL just saw another firing, Everson, Dean Everson from uh, oh, yeah. just got let go because they've been Mr. Angry so Face. Far. Yeah, yeah, he is. <laughs> There's you some know, great shots of him. Minnesota, uh, only 16 points. I mean, gee, that was a team that, um, that I was expecting to go farther in the playoffs than they did. Every year, before. everybody yeah, expects that. Well, yeah, I suppose, but, you know, but looking now, but now it's just like since the playoffs on, they've just been on this downward spiral so something had to change there so that's the second it's interesting uh two western conference teams so minnesota and edmonton with the changes could there be more often we do and you've said this jim i sometimes think it or assume it's a little later but you've said november december is often the time there's a change it is it is man i mean let's I'm i'm not you know honestly i'm not seeing it unless unless if that happens what you just described but, you know, it wouldn't shock me. I'm just throwing those out there, you know, because I'm starting to feel the pulse of people that are, are are talking like, well, then what is it? What is it with the club? We've already hashed over the who we lost, who we got back, all that shit. Um, we've already talked about lack of scoring production from the forwards. We've talked about, I've got the numbers here, um, you know, just on, we've gone over it every freaking, you know, week of, of, of what's going on. Um, and the Dean numbers, like, for instance, um, let's go back to uh, this year. Let's go with this year's numbers first. Goals four is at 2.91. Goals four last year, which was just over the top, 3.52. Okay, there's a loss, right? Big time. Mm-hmm. Basically, half a goal or more. Um, goals against, and, you know, that we were 23rd, we're Goals against were fourth in the league, 3.45, which is the bottom end, right? And then last year was 18th at 307. So we've lost a little bit there, about a third there, a little. And then, so you can you can blame both sides of the D and the O on that, but not horribly on the D side. And then they got the, the goaltender numbers, which are both worse. Um, you know, Joey's numbers last year, you can't really go against because he only played technically five games, but he had a 314 and a 900 last year. Yeah, but do, but what do teams do? Let's look, for instance, I mean, because you mentioned about how changes are, but how about those teams? I, The only one I can think of is some of those L.A. Kings teams from years ago where they're kind of floundering and they're in the bubble and they're even maybe out of the playoffs. And then they get on a run toward the end, all right, yeah. in the seventh or eighth seed. And then all of a sudden later on, they're in the, you know, they're in the finals or even that Florida Panthers team or, you know, granted they were, you know, dealing with injuries and things, but I mean, all of a sudden they turned it around. I, this is, you know, probably you could write a dissertation on it for the answer to this question, but what are those, those, and those are teams that did not change the coach. Right. No, I get it. That that got got things going that way. I mean, can, you could, you know, you keep Hackstall and the whole coaching staff's there and somehow Seattle sort of turns it around. How, how do you know, or yeah. how do those other teams get to turn it around? Well, okay, let's just let's just say that at least one team out of the all these teams is going to do that, right? On each east and west for the most. That's about it, I would say. Maybe two in one division, but it's going to happen. For, yeah, yeah, I mean, but and I sit there and I look at these clubs. Who's it going to be? And I feel like the ones that are within three points of each other, it's not going to be Seattle. It's just me with the general vibe of the club. I don't think they have, we have enough. We're not showing enough talent right now. We're not showing enough depth working together or or chemistry um, in any department other than the power play. 
which by the way went 0 for 5 today, which was kind of sucky. But we're not we're not seeing it. You know, power play is one of our better things. Last year we had a bunch of good stuff. Um, so I, I don't I don't feel like we're gonna be that club. Um meanwhile, I see people like Calgary starting to shoot up. I mean, we know Arizona's gonna fall for sure. That's me. But look at Nashville, they've been kicking ass. I think they've yep. won at least five in a row. Is that right? And no, six in a row. They but I mean, they're on it. They, they're b- bouncing after a uh, losing streak, but uh, right. we're on like a three, four game losing streak, and then they've been on a roll. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, they're clean right now, kind of. So I don't know. And I and I'm, I'm just bringing up what people are starting to talk, you know. And then when you always think about that, you think like, well, is the room lost or whatever? We went through that last year in the early season. We won it in the first year. Um, it, that's a huge thing is the room loss. And if there's ever that feeling that they, if they have that we'll never know, then something will be done about it. But well, interesting though, that arguably, I mean, again, we don't know what's going on in all the practices and back room and everything, but just, it's interesting that, you know, there, we just mentioned earlier, you brought it up uh, at least two times that Haxtell showed a lot of emotion. We usually he just seems like poker face there most of the time, and right kind of show. So, could there be some extra pressure there about it or extra frustration? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, how about this? I mean, we're all you and we've talked in the last two episodes about team toughness, right? What are you starting to finally? Well, I can't even say you're finally seeing it, but they're listening. They know. They know it's a problem. They're trying to do something about it. Yeah, I'm a little pissy with guys like Borgen not stepping up and Oleksiak, even though his last battle was the most feeble battle I've ever seen in my life. Um, it's just, you got to do something. If Gord's your only man that's going to step up at 5'10", 100 and whatever, that's we know he's that kind of player anyway, but that's kind of pathetic, man. Guys need to step on this team, and there's plenty that can, but they're not. Now they're being at that point where they're being forced to, and uh, Axel's on the bench getting uptight where he's forced to because they're in a bind right now you know we've got we got a month now till you know less than a month till christmas we're in the middle of the holidays um you come home you got games scheduled people want to go to games they don't want to lose games the holidays are coming um they want to be entertained and they want to win and then if, if if it gets sour and you start losing and you're the talk of the news at the sports hour and it's negative, that's when shit happens. And so you you got to watch out. Yep. Amen. Well, this road trip will be interesting. And we, you know, I'm hoping that we see the, uh, even though it kind of makes us roll our eyes in a way, but I mean, in a good way, but uh, maybe they can be that road team here and go on a, go on a roll. So we'll, we'll see. I, I, there are two winnable games there. And, and once in a while, Toronto, who are, are a very good team, a better team on paper than Seattle, but they can lay an egg from time to time too. So we'll, we'll see. So they've got, uh, yeah, Ottawa, Montreal, then uh, back home for uh, a bunch of games, New Jersey, Tampa, Minnesota, Florida, and Chicago again, and LA. They have a long, long home stand here. So, um, but that doesn't always mean wins, of course. So, I don't know. It's going to be very interesting to see. So, uh, just hopefully we, uh, yeah, there's a little, at least with some of the players, it seems maybe there's a little sense of urgency. So, I maybe it needs to be more of them, but right. Um, yeah. I'm starting to, obviously, guys like Maddie starting to step it up a bit. Car chase back to back goals. Uh, Tolvi, seems to be doing some things 
So, and then of course, when he's two way play. Um, so there's some of that going on, but it just need, you know, that's what our number one deal is, is we're not consistent in anything. Yeah, there's not. And, and we still see this situation where particularly, particularly that Vancouver game where, you know, they, they play 40, 50 minutes. They can't seem to play a whole 60 consistently well. Um, there's always a letdown. They either start slow or they end poorly. Um, there's just, there's always some weird lapse. So it's strange, strange, but, but we know, you know, they've got some talent and, you know, still, uh, keeping the faith here, of course. So well, we'll of course see, we'll see what happens. All right. Well, we'll probably check back in after the Montreal game. There's a little, uh, stint in between that and the, the Jersey game, uh, before they, you know, come back home. So we'll check in in the next, after the three more games here they're a little uh ontario quebec tour there um yeah so that's it so good stuff jim thank you uh that almost wraps up our episode today reminder we do still have some Kraken fan cast and dunn and larson maritime law group shirts actually the dunn and larson shirts we only have extra large left uh those those flew out come get it which we appreciate it so go get it Go to seattlecrackandfancast.com, click on the shop link, and you'll be brought to our T-shirt page. And if uh, XL is too big for you, stand by. We'll we'll probably get some more a, a little later on, uh, maybe after after the holiday. We'll see. So, uh, but uh, hey, you know, XL if it's way too big for you, perfect jammies, folks. It's all good. <laughs> We're amazing. Um, so, uh, and we also have Kraken Fancast in uh, medium, large, and XL. So. Uh, uh, thanks to all of who, who have uh, bought those. Uh, also, thanks to all of you who for tune in and engage with us on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And uh, remember, our podcast is available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, and as well at links at seattlecrackandfancast.com. Uh, thanks to all of our Patreon supporters. We uh, have a number of people who help uh, help us financially. We really, really appreciate this because uh, it does cost a few bucks to do this thing. Uh, you can find more information for that at patreon.com slash Kraken Fancast. We are very, very grateful. So uh, maybe we'll have Nathan back. You know, there's usually a third third voice here. Let's <laughs> see our buddy Nathan between his own hockey games with the league he plays in and his son now is is a player he's goalie young uh, he's young young in there so uh lots of games between the two you know in the gunderson household so he's kind of uh been stuck on that but we're hoping to see nathan uh and chat, chat with him uh the next time or in the next few um but that's all good jim thanks uh for jim and thank you producer jay middleton i'm chris porter Thank you all very much for tuning in. And as always, we say, go, go Kraken. Crack.